Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself talk about the Seventh Commandment and what it prohibits. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast, and I am Pastor Brett Bowe. And, and I, I have Pastor with... Jason Goodow. <laughs> and I am Pastor Brian Rickey. We did it. We made yes. it through an intro. <laughs> yeah, right. So this would be the last time we complained about it. No, probably not. It's okay. a good shtick. We're getting some mileage out of sure. it. Sure. Okay. Well, let's jump right into today's episode, which is uh, talking about the prohibiting that the Seventh Commandment speaks of in Scripture. Yeah, we talked about last episode, kind of the gloss is mm-hmm. stealing, which is the literal words of the Seventh Commandment, thou shalt not steal, so we're fine going there. We talked about a little bit more, the Christian gloss is kind of this mm-hmm. shoplifting because you know we're too <laughs> pious to think about Grand Theft Auto or armed robbery or anything like that, but that's so much more... Mm-hmm. Uh, than what those uh, two glosses are doing, which is always the case. Yep. We talked about laziness. We talked about bad business practices. But we really highlighted that when we look at what it's promoting, which will be the next episode, looking at our failure to do that is really when we start mm-hmm. coloring in the, the shades uh, of yep. this picture, talking about honesty and integrity, talking about generosity, talking about hard work. The opposite of all those is what this commandment is forbidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I guess I'm still stinging a little bit from the law's effect on my heart, but I'm thankful that we're preaching law and gospel here. Absolutely. I appreciate the the grace. So today we're going to do a Bible study as as kind of our tradition now with each of the commandments. And uh, we are going to be talking about Naboth's vineyard today. Yeah, it's a little bit... uh uh, might be well known, might be more obscure to some, but we're, we're jumping into First Kings chapter 21. So we're in Israel's history. We're post David. Uh, we're post Solomon. We're now in the divided kingdom. And in the divided kingdom, I think the most well-known, notorious, uh, he's so famous, he's infamous mm-hmm. of the northern kings uh, is Ahab. Ahab. Uh, I, I think... Uh, I'm not wrong when I say this, that more time is spent on him than any of the other uh, kings of the northern kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was around, uh, kind of was Elijah's nemesis, both he and his queen Jezebel. Uh, I was going to say, was, wasn't there a book back in the day, Bad Girls of the Bible? And, yeah, and Bad Jezebel Girls of the Bible, was, Jezebel, yeah. Delilah, <laughs> there's a, there's a, uh, Sapphira is in there. Uh, but yeah, Jezebel, is, it's kind of not really a part of the story, although I think she has an influencing yeah. part on Ahab doing this dastardly deed mm-hmm. in, in chapter 21 here. But that's the context for us, so I think uh, you can just jump right in and read the passage and yeah, we can go ahead and talk good. about it. Great. All right. Uh, buckle up here. Uh, (laughs) uh, 16 verses and read in Jesus' name. Now Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of Ahab, the king of Samaria. And after this, Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is near my house and I will give you a better vineyard for it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its value in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. And Ahab went to his house vexed and sullen because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had had said to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. 
And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. So he's being a whiny guy. Yeah, All right, baby. baby. <laughs> but Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so vexed that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it please you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Do you now govern Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. And she sent the letters to the elders and leaders who lived with Naboth in his city. And she wrote in the letters, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people, and set two worthless men opposite him. And let them bring a charge against him, saying, You have cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. And the men of the, his city, the elders and the leaders who lived in his city, did as Jezebel had sent word to them. As it was written in the letters that she had sent to them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people. And the two worthless men came in and sat opposite him. And the worthless men brought a charge against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death with stones. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned, he is dead. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money. For Naboth is not alive." But dead. And as soon as Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. That's a lot of uh, roundabout work just for a vegetable garden. Yeah, just for a vegetable garden. It, it, this is one of those situations where you really uh, wish you had more context mm -hmm. to understand is, is, is Ahab simply that morally depraved that he can't put a garden somewhere else or was the land of Naboth that choice that it was enticing or you mm -hmm. know how, how does this story lay out I know because the, the where my where my mind's eye went is here I see this man child mm -hmm. who's number one unwilling to be a spiritual leader at all yeah. and stand up to his wife queen who's like <laughs> overrunning everything and doing everything for him yeah. and it's almost like she treated him like a spoiled little brat mm -hmm. in saying like oh i can't have this bike you know because someone won't give it to me well i'll get it for you i'll get it for you yeah, yeah. Or, right. or she says you're king just take it yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> but she's the one who initiated yeah, all of that yeah and man i just yeah now, I guess before we get too far into this, this is, there's maybe a temptation for us to say, well, I'm not as bad as Ahab and Jezebel. Because nope. have you guys ever heard people in, in your congregation members maybe and other Christians say uh, something along the lines of, how can, how can people do that? Or how, yeah. um, nope. I, what are other variations of that too? It, this isn't me, is, mm -hmm. you know, it's, but this is why it was so important for us at the beginning of this study, you know, <laughs> dozens of episodes ago at this point mm -hmm. in time to understand the purpose of the law yeah. before we, we talk about this, because we, we remember that the law 
isn't primarily given, although it's still a function of the law, for us to identify when people are sinning against us. Now, when you're a victim, obviously, yep. you want to identify that and report that. Sure. You have that responsibility, right, and privilege uh, to do so, and that's great. But the law is primarily given because we are sinful creatures, yes. and we are constantly trying to justify our sinful right. behavior instead of own up to it. And so the law is given to protect our neighbor from our sinful selves. Mm -hmm. Now, the way that plays out thousands of years after these stories of the Old Testament are written is that we look at, at Ahab and we're like, I'm not that bad. Right. Or we look at the idiocy of the Jews and their obstinate unbelief of God and God's mm -hmm. continually sending prophets to them. And we're like, mm -hmm. oh, those Jews, you know, yeah, roll what's their that, eyes. What's that passage in, in the New Testament of, Referring to kind of the whole Old Testament saying, these were written for your instruction. That, um, uh, it's in one of the is Peters, he, isn't it? Yeah, maybe first or, or second. Hebrews. Maybe yeah. Hebrews. One of, there's, a, there's a couple like that. Yeah, yeah, right. You're absolutely right. So the question for us now, as we study Naboth and Ahab. It's second Peter chapter one. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Ha, maybe yes. we'll, we'll find it. <laughs> uh, but the question for us in, in studying this passage is where... Do I fit in, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're constantly trying to make ourselves the heroes of the story. You know, the David and Goliath were David. We're not David. In this case, guess who we are? Mm -hmm. We're Ahab. Yeah. Uh, we're Ahab breaking the seventh commandment. And this, this extreme example is exactly what it looks like to break the seventh commandment. It, it's, uh, it, it leads to murder. It leads mm -hmm. to, to bigger right. sins that we would call it. Right. But it's an unwillingness to be content with what we have or work through the proper channels uh, to, you know, get more, to expand, whatever. Sure. Uh, you know, we would say Ahab tried, uh, but Naboth rightly said, I'm not going to part with my inheritance. Mm -hmm. And so rather than Ahab saying, all right, I'll find a workaround, he pouted. Mm -hmm. and, and he harbored sin yep. in his heart. Uh, he let it fester. And we have the picture of what's happening in the second half of Romans 1, mm -hmm. where unrepentant sin leads to unbelief, which leads mm -hmm. to more sin, which leads to more unbelief, mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. You see this happening in Ahab's life. Right. Yeah, and I, I think the principle in this text, too, is no matter how big or small an object that we steal, it's you set your heart on getting something that is not rightfully yours. And that's what Ahab did. And that's what led to his poutiness and his whininess and his even Jezebel getting wrapped up in that as well. And he set his heart on something and you even see how coveting comes into play. We're mm -hmm. going to be talking about that a couple of commandments from now. And he got it. He got what he wanted. Well, and Luther more or less taught that the, the, commandments were given in descending order of importance. Mm -hmm. And so we always talk about the ninth and 10th commandments being the throwaway commandments. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just coveting. What is, but it's that that leads to Ahab tarnishing mm -hmm. Naboth's reputation as a pious man. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's so insightful. I wish I knew Hebrew better, mm -hmm. but that, that the term Jezebel uses of the men who are going to start this whole process, they're worthless. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're actually no good yep. uh, to tarnish Naboth's uh, reputation. Ahab steals mm -hmm. uh, the vineyard, probably hop over the sixth one in this case, and ends up committing murder. As you say, this is one of those passages where it seems like a lot of the commandments are... The, the, the dominoes start to yeah, fall. Yeah, outrightly and, broken. 
And, and, and it becomes really, uh, where do the first three commandments with us before God start falling mm -hmm. in? And well, you see Naboth's piety mm -hmm. because he did not want to give his inheritance. Now remember mm -hmm. that the promised land that was mm -hmm. given uh, to the Israelites, that has holy significance mm -hmm. to them. And Naboth is right in his piety and not wanting to part with it. That's his inheritance. Right. That's his picture and promise and guarantee of eternity, yep. which is where the spiritual thing of that is. And so he's honoring God by not just putting a price on that. Mm -hmm. uh, Ahab's dishonoring God by thinking he can just, you know, come in and, and purchase it with whatever, you know, you know, shock and awe, mm -hmm. flashy things he can do. And, and it comes down to idolatry, mm -hmm. you know? Hmm. And, and in this case, uh, Ahab's idol isn't the vineyard. Ahab's mm -hmm. idol is, is his, his own, own comfort. personal comfort, his contentment. Mm -hmm. And how often is that the problem yeah, for us all? right. Just want to correct. It's actually was First Peter chapter one. Oh, where it talks about these things are preserved for you, and the prophets as they were, were revealing the gospel yeah. progressively. Yep. They were not serving themselves but you. But it's it's First Peter uh, chapter one verses ten through twelve. Awesome. Thank Just you. By way of clarity, can't believe Good. you screwed that up. Yeah, I'm, I know. <laughs> You're a pastor. I repent. Yeah, right. please forgive me. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, this is this is the ugly truth of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we we want to shun Ahab. We want to mock him. I mean, he's a particularly despicable character yep. in Scripture, but he's a perfect description of our sinful mm -hmm. nature. Yeah, and I, I think you touched on something that maybe would hit a nerve with a lot of people is. It was his comfort, his own comfort that turned into his idolatry. And this is Disney theology, right? This is just go be happy, go do what feels mm -hmm. right because you deserve it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and most often, uh, <laughs> more often than not, we don't deserve it. Sure. You know, we, we, we are put here to put our attention to our neighbor and not to ourselves because we have been taken care of in Jesus Christ, that God himself has died for us in our place. God himself has cleansed us with his own blood uh, and forgiven our sins. And now we have the freedom and the privilege to live without worrying about number one. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where you get those he is greater than I bumper stickers kind mm -hmm. of a thing, right? Yeah, and it's funny, the story kind of sparks something in me. It kind of reminds me of Herod and Herodias, you know, where she manipulated... Herod into killing John the Baptist because, yeah, right. you know, he, basically John the Baptist was calling him out on his sin. And Herod, the law of God and God, the law of Christ was starting to do its work. Mm -hmm. They were start, starting to see elements of repentance, which we actually see in Ahab's life occasionally. Mm -hmm. uh, two sections after where we're at, Ahab repents. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But then you've got this woman Mm -hmm. who manipulates the situation and brings <laughs> it right back into this this way of rebellious lawlessness. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and there's application there for us, too. I frequently get asked by people who are unhappy with their church situation, oh, sure. when do I leave a church? Now, a an invalid reason to leave a church is that you're unhappy at the church. It's not perfect for whatever reason. Well, what I say is, are you being fed from the gospel? Mm -hmm. The answer is no. Uh, you know, or have your sins been forgiven regularly? The answer is no. Have you talked to your pastor about it? Okay, talk to your pastor. Tell him this is concerned. Do it in humility. Mm -hmm. Talk to your church leader about it. When there is no desire to change, then flee. Mm -hmm. 
The influence of bad theology of sin on us is poisonous. It's mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it you know, you're not going to have someone come into your life and say, "Hey, let's do this heresy," because you're going to reject it. But it's one drop at a time, or it's use the analogy of boiling a frog. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't throw the frog into boiling water; it's going to hop out. But you slowly turn up the heat until you don't notice. And this is the concern with unrepentance. Mm-hmm. This is the concern with poison of sin in our lives. Tolerate a little bit. And yeah. then the next time you tolerate a little bit more. Yeah. And the next time you tolerate a little bit more. And then you're fully gone. And, and this is why we need to let the word of God do its work on our lives. God mm-hmm. sends Elijah to confront Ahab. And he mm-hmm. does it over and over again to the point where Ahab just becomes numb because he's not repenting of his sin. He's just hearing that he's condemned, uh, where God wants Ahab to repent so that he can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the knowledge of scripture we have here is that, it, are, are you stealing? Mm-hmm. Are, are you you know a man or, or woman of, of whatever the opposite of integrity is? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you lazy? Are you, you know... Uh, living a poisonous, toxic lifestyle, the command from God is, I'm going to condemn your sin because your sin brings death. But in doing that, I'm not just telling you you're a bad person. I'm calling you to repent Mm -hmm. so that I can forgive you, so that I can make you my own. That's how the word of God works. That's why Mm -hmm. all of these prophets are lined up in the Old Testament, pointing Mm -hmm. us to Christ, condemning sins so that people might be forgiven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, Another thing I wanted to bring into this too is we've been focusing a lot on Ahab and Jezebel, uh, but what about his neighbor that he was supposed oh. to be mm-hmm. protecting Naboth? What was the effect on his life? He's, he lost it. He lost, he, lost <laughs> yeah. his, he literally lost his life. And I think that can't be lost in this story of mm-hmm. the, uh, the huge effect that, that this guy's hankering for a vegetable garden close to... Yeah, his house led to the death of his neighbor. Now, when you think about a, a vegetable garden compared to a vineyard, now again, mm-hmm. I don't understand all of ancient Israeli sure. history, and I I don't have a grasp of the language anymore. Yeah, the cultural. But it seems to me that the valuation of what Ahab wanted to use the land for is Cheap a distinct and... downgrade to what it was being used hmm. for. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, in Israel, a vineyard was a a way to have a living. Yeah. People had vineyards and they made livings off of it. I'm not sure that a vegetable garden was a one-for-one equivalent to that. Hmm. It was a cheapening yeah. of the inheritance as well. And it's a, it's a defiant, rebellious act against God's prescription given to Joseph. Like, this is how you're going to divide the land up. This tribe gets this mm-hmm. one, this one gets this one. And Ahab's like, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I just care about, I want it, and I want it now. Yep. I really think that's a major clue yeah. in the text is... Naboth rightly identifying the inheritance issues. Mm-hmm. That that really puts in the context the the idiocy and the vileness of what Ahab is doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, even just the selfishness yep. and, and the lack of care for anyone but himself. Narcissistic, mm-hmm. whatever you know. Yep, yep. Yeah, he let his his desire, his craving for his neighbor's possession drive him and compel them. You know, sometimes I have a hankering for, well, it's getting closer to lunchtime, but my wife teases me about how I get these hankerings for, like, I need Chinese food. And and I'll keep talking about it until I get it. Um, That's not sinful, but, well, maybe. It probably (laughs) is. It could be. You're a sinner. It probably is. Yeah, in some way there's probably. But 
that's a smaller scale, but on a bigger scale here, he let that drive him to, to the death of his neighbor. You, you get fixated on something and it mm-hmm. becomes an idol. Right. And you can't rest until you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, that's all over the place in scripture in different degrees. Mm-hmm. You, you just get so obsessed with it. And what you end up doing is you stop trusting God's mm-hmm. ability to provide for your needs, either in giving that to you in due time mm-hmm. or in giving you something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, it's uh, the... I'm thinking of the song from the Veggie Tales, the King George and the Ducky. <laughs> oh, right. right. Which yes. is the David and Bathsheba one. And I'm not endorsing Veggie Tales as such, but sure. the, the line of the song is, I must have it, I must get it, you must go and get it for me, mm-hmm. uh, is, is that's what the yep. sinful nature does. It's the instant gratification, which really shows that the idol of your sinfulness is you. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not the relationship. It's not the not the circumstances. The red it. sports car. It's not anything. It's mm-hmm. you are the idol, which really puts it into perspective. When we sin, what we're doing, we're replacing God with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. How how devastating is that? And I think that's if you take that, you can apply that to every single one of us. Even if we say we're not Ahab and Jezebel, there's something that each one of us, many things that each one of us have done this with or where that scenario has worked out and played out in our lives. So that being said, we're preachers of the gospel. I think right now we need some good news. Uh, Brian, you want to give us some good, good stuff? I'm gonna, yeah. I've got two that I I, I was wrestling with, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm choosing to go with Philippians, chapter four. As Paul is a great example, as he was rested in the completed work of Christ, as he was not ashamed mm-hmm. of the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Then in that freedom, Paul can say this, and so can we. Not that I am speaking of being in need. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Mm. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's a good message that the gospel isn't, ah, shucks, you're forgiven, the sin doesn't matter. The message of the gospel is your sin is ugly. Mm-hmm. Repent, because you certainly will be forgiven because God has redeemed you. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Please join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself continue our discussion on the Seventh Commandment and what it promotes. God bless you and have a wonderful week.